You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can find me at seanmccormick.com or Real Sean McCormick on Instagram. I'm a biohacker, life coach, performance coach, and it is my duty to bring to you every single week the best possible information for you to live your best possible life, to make changes in your life that will last forever, to have the tools and the techniques and the technology that will bring to you the best possible performance. On today's episode, we're joined by Andy Mant who is the founder of Blue Blocks. They are blue blocking glasses, and Andy knows a ridiculous amount of information about light. He's based in Perth, and he has started online forums, and he has this amazing blue blocking glasses company. It's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com. He also, there's a pretty sweet offer. Uh, these are some of the best blue blocking glasses in the world. I mean, uh, they're they're certainly the most researched and uh, the most highly technical, and they look amazing. I mean, these are, these are dope. Um, uh, in this podcast, uh, if you go to the YouTube channel, on natural stacks, you can see me wearing a pair of of computer glasses that uh, that are worn during the daytime to filter out blue and also green light that comes out of screens from LED screens. You may or may not know this, but uh, green light is also bad for your eyeballs. We get into a ton of really useful information. Um, he's got a special offer. Like I said, go to blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and use the code OPP for 15% off a pair of blue blocking glasses. Andy and Blue Blocks offer three different types of blue blocking and blue filtering lenses and frames. Uh, there's the Summer Glow, which is a yellow tint, uh, Sleep Plus, which is a, a darker orange tint, or the blue light glasses, which are used for computers. And they also actually offer a remedy sleep mask, which filter out light so that you can sleep. This is These are excellent for travel. Um, they've got it nailed. Uh, Andy is basically an encyclopedia for information on, on blocking light, how to think about your circadian rhythm. And in this episode, we cover an immense amount of, of light optimization techniques and tools like the best light hacks ever. Um, we talk a little bit about how the skin has receptors, which can also disrupt sleep. So your skin actually knows when it's um, being exposed to blue light. So that means like you should wear long sleeves if you're watching TV at night, in addition to uh, darker colored blue blocking glasses. Um, what does circadian rhythm actually mean and how's it, how does it affect us? Uh, we talk about the neurotransmitters and neuropeptides associated with circadian rhythm. We also talk about the invention of LED lights and how that really sort of brought on in the last 20 years or so um, um, a myriad of health issues. We talk about skipping the sunrise uh, and how if you don't watch the sun come up but you are exposing your lights to LEDs, it creates a circadian mismatch. We talk about melatonin as a detoxifier. We talk about the, the, the legal shift in um, incandescent light bulbs coming back to market. We talk about Andy's experiment with jet lag management, which is amazing. He, he covers a couple of really amazing techniques for you to manage your 
uh, your circadian rhythm when you're flying. We talk about the spectral analysis report that Blue Blocks does and how if you're shopping for blue blocking glasses, don't just go on Amazon and just pick um, you know, Jim Bob's blue blocking glasses that not only look stupid, but also are ineffective. Um, ask for a spectral analysis support so that you can understand exactly, uh, what, what these lights, what these blue blocking glasses, um, limit. Um, the key is 400 to 550 nanometers. That really has to be that. We talk about grounding on planes, salt lamps near your computers. I mean, this episode is absolutely packed with useful information. And it is such, I mean, it's such an honor to bring um, such a robust episode to you that this affects everybody. This is something that we should be watching out for. You know, when it comes to personal uh, optimization and performance, nutrition is important, of course. Um, exercise is important, yes, but light. A lot of people don't really think about light and how important it is for us to uh, manage our light exposure. So if you like this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and, um, and follow me. Um, you can also jump into, uh, my other podcast, which is called the mystic Mac podcast, where I talk about, uh, all the stuff that I really love. Um, and I'm so excited to bring this episode to you, you guys, um, full disclosure, uh, we may be making some changes to the optimal performance podcast. There is a small chance that, uh, this might be the last episode in a while, but we'll see. So if it is, uh, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, if we take a hiatus, um, it's been, it's been my honor. Um, you can send me an email, Sean at Sean If you want to follow up, because I will be doing all sorts of cool other stuff. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Andy Mant. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we're here with Andy Mint, the founder of Blue Blocks. Andy, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a, it's a real honor to be able to have a conversation with you and your uh, your amazing community. Yeah. So as the as the blue blocking glasses guy, um, do you pretty much have to have a pair of blue blocking glasses on everywhere you go? I mean, when people see <laughs> you without them, do they freak out? Uh, if, if they saw me without them, they'd freak out. But yeah, now in answer to the first part of your question, yeah, I know I do wear them. I take my health very, very seriously, Sean. So, you know, I, I completely understand that, um, you know, how light plays a, a key role in, in human health and performance. But, um, you know, I know it's I know it's not the be all, be all and end all. So, you know, you, you know, it's all about um, it's all about a mixture of things, you know, lifestyle choices. So, you know, as long as I'm exercising, as long as I'm out in the sun, as long as I'm blocking blue light and exposing myself to different temperatures and um, eating a, a really good diet, then, um, yeah, it's a whole well-rounded thing for me. But, um, yeah, I, I have I have three different pairs, actually. I have um, a clear a yellow and a red. Um, and depending on the light situation in specific environments, I will then wear a specific pair of blue blocks glasses so um yeah sometimes you'll see me like i am now in my 
yellow tint summer glow lenses and sometimes i'll be in the lenses that you're wearing the clear ones um and then after dark you'll you'll never see me without the um the sleep plus red lenses they're just so important for our uh for our overall mitochondrial health so um yeah it's uh, a good little good little arsenal of, of weapons against the um the evil blue light so um yeah, yeah it's good to have them at all times it's become it's becoming more and more po- you know before we clicked record we were talking about sort of the ubiquity now of the awareness that people have around light you know and it has become more and more common especially in the biohacking community for people to understand that that light is as fundamental to health as nutrition and exercise and breath. And it's encouraging to me because it's something that I, I think five years ago people didn't really even think about. They weren't weren't even thinking about the fact that they were keeping themselves up and suppressing hormones and suppressing melatonin. But now, you know, there's emergence of, of, of different blue blocking glasses like yours. And it has become really apparent that that this is this is sort of like a a performance basics now is to is to be aware of light exposure, especially through your eyes and how it affects you. Um, tell me a little bit about. I think I, I think one question that I have for people to sort of wrap their brain around this thing is walk us through sort of the typical day and the process of creating sort of a, a circadian rhythm from when you wake up, should you should you be exposed to light or not? You know, um, just sort of paint us a picture about how we should be thinking about light um, throughout the course of a, of a full day. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really good starting point. And um, uh, I think the first thing to do is, is to define what a circadian rhythm is. So um, circadian is, is a word that's derived from the Latin circa, which means about, and diem, which means a day. So it's about a day. It's a 24-hour cycle. Okay. Now, this cycle is entrained within clock mechanisms, which are located in every cell in the human body or any mammal that, that walks the earth. Okay. It's in every single cell. And it's all governed by one big master clock bit like a conductor um, to, to the rest of the other clocks who are part of the orchestra. And this conductor is located in the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is in the center of the brain. And the entrainer of that clock is light and dark cues. OK, so in order to switch that clock on, we need to have appropriate light cues to be able to um, start that clock up, allow all the other clocks in our body to run in harmony with the master clock. And then when this happens, we have this sort of harmonious state within the body where hormones neurotransmitters peptides are all released correctly um, we can function both um, you know uh, cardiovascularly um, anaerobically um, sleep um, wellness mental well-being it all come becomes optimal if it throws itself out of whack through inappropriate light exposure then all those things that i've just described become out of sync and we're not at our best okay so the way that the I guess we've evolved is that that central clock mechanism is entrained via light. OK, now, not just any old light. So you can't just shine a torch in someone's eyes and say, right, you're entrained. It has to come from specific frequencies of both visible and invisible light, which are only actually found at the start of the day. So when the sun rises, so the sun changes its composition of light throughout the day. And as we evolved under that sun, we would get continual messages through our eyes 
to our central clock, which would tell us basically what time of day it was and to release some hormones and neuropeptides and neurotransmitters and to stop secreting others. Okay, and that would keep us in this optimal state of, of balance. So what's happened is in today's society and probably really only since the invention of LED light bulbs. And I can come on to a little bit more about why, because obviously we've had light bulbs since Edison's time back in the 1800s. But since the advent of, of LED lights, the first light that we're seeing in the morning isn't the sunrise anymore. So we're rolling over and looking maybe at our smartphone, switching on a house light, maybe watching TV, maybe even stumbling across the dark and opening, opening the fridge and, and the LED lights in there are shining out to us. And this light is extremely high in, in a composition of a visible light called blue light. So you can't see the color blue um, to, the, to the naked eye, but there's a composition of blue within this LED light source. And it's very much matched to the composition of blue light found in the sun at midday. So what we're doing is by seeing this LED light first thing in the morning rather than the sunrise, we're starting our clock me mechanism running at midday. So we're missing out on all the hormonal and neurotransmitter benefits to optimize our health from seeing the sunrise in the morning. So when we're missing the sunrise, seeing the blue light um, from our phones, we're starting our clock ticking at midday. So we don't go to bed on time. We feel a little bit off whack, you know, a little bit like if back in your, your early 20s, if you went out for a few beers and um, made it into a late night and then the next morning you're a little bit hungover. It's sort of that feeling um, that is you know, making us feel, I guess, they, they call it social jet lag, okay? So you're, you're starting to phase shift your circadian clock, um, all your hormones and neurotransmitters are out of balance, and you can't perform optimally, you can't sleep well. And these things are okay when you're young, because you literally, you, you, you have youth on your side, you get out of bed, you can do your, your, your business and whatever you need to be doing, fairly okay. But as you get older, you start to then see the, the, the negative effects that this circadian mismatch is having on you from inappropriate light exposure and not um, rising and, and going to, to bed with, with light and dark cycles. And you start developing issues like um, you know, insomnia, you could have anxiety, depression, um, your performance could become so bad that you just literally can't get out of bed in the morning and you're fatigued and you can't exercise. Um, over, over time, you, the clock mechanism in your pancreas could really affect the ability to um, release insulin. So you can actually develop, you know, a resistance to, to carbohydrate metabolism. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that and, and I've always come from a diet background, um, hence a lot of people I know are from that sort of health and nutrition side of things. And when I first sort of looked at diets and started speaking about diets, you don't really know how bad your diet is until you switch to another one that is more optimal for your, I guess, ancestry and genealogy. And the same is true for light. You, you know, a lot of people will be listening to this going, oh, I seem to sleep OK. I feel all right. You know, maybe I wake up a few times. Maybe I don't dream as much. But, you know, I get some sleep. But if I ask that same person that question in 10 to 15 years time when they've, you know, got more susceptibility to diabetes or maybe they're getting, um, you know, high anxiety, panic attacks, depression, stress, um, just general feelings of low mood, you know, then they would have wished that, you know, sort of back 15 years ago when they were listening to this with 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 us speaking now that they should have taken some measures, pre preventative measures and put them in place. You know, it's not one of these things where it's, you know like this massive bomb that's like if, you, if you're doing it now within the next day you're going to have this major circadian mismatch and you're going to be really sick 
these things take time. It's like diabetes. It's like insulin resistance in nutrition. It's like lack of exercise. Over time, you're going to just develop chronic diseases. So light really has to be taken seriously, Sean. Yeah, it, you know, that's a really good point. And I think that um, each person listening to this right now is probably thinking either about themselves or somebody that they know, my wife, who insists on watching screens until late in the night. And, the, you know, they're tired every morning, every, every even even when they get, you know, and, and of course, you can track on the aura ring, of course, you can, you know, you can mm-hmm. you can figure out how many, you know, REM cycles and all that stuff. But if your if your diet is pretty good, you're pretty good at exercising. Um, your breath is fine. Your stress levels are moderate to low. If you're going, if you're watching TV for two hours every night without blue blocking glasses on, and then mm-hmm. you're going to bed and looking at your phone for another thirty to I don't know longer, and then you turn that off, you're suppressing the melatonin release so that you're not actually getting into deep sleep for hours later. Right. So, so for, for people who are like, man, I just, I just don't know what it is. I'm so frustrated. I've, 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 you know, I thought I was doing such a good job, but I'm so tired. I'm so lethargic. And then that leads to brain fog. And then that leads to, you know, hormone problems and stuff like that. So I think it's a really good point that, you know, this is the type of thing that you don't know is screwing you until you get get a handle on it, right? I mean, how many stories Absolutely. do you have from people that were like, Andy, holy <laughs> shit, man, like this changed everything. This gave me so much more energy. This really improved my life. Does that happen all the time? Oh, constantly, like like daily. Um, and it's it's, it's the, the hardest point of, of the journey is actually getting someone to take that plunge and try the technology because you know, they, they can be a bit skeptical. They haven't heard it really much about it before. There's a lot of misinformation out there. They don't really understand how it works because, you know, a lot of companies are going out there saying, oh, you can wear the clear blue light blocking glasses for after dark, which is total BS when you look at the peer reviewed clinical studies out there of what you need to block. Um, but yeah, we get them on a daily basis of people that have like cured insomnia, their anxieties dropped, their seasonal affective disorders dropped. Um, and even really good case studies where, um, you know, we have a lot of athletes as well, high performance athletes that wear our glasses. So um, American listeners might not know who this guy is, but like Jordan Henderson, who's the captain of Liverpool Football Club, wears our glasses. Um, so, you know, that's a that's a pretty big deal in the UK. Um, the whole of Rangers Football Club wear ours, the Australian national football team. Chris Gethin, Roger Snipes, Ben Pakulski, bodybuilders, you know, looking for that optimal performance or wear them as well, because they know that, you know, good sleep translates to better performance. And, you know, the literature clearly shows that as well. And, you know, we've we've seen studies where they've sleep deprived, um, you know, Olympic athletes, actually Brazilian Olympic athletes for, for one night and their drop um, in performance was around about 12 and a half percent the next morning um, in their track events. So, um, you know, we've also seen studies where, you know, like VO2 max is affected by um, sleep deprivation as well. So, you know, you might have your diet and and exercise in check, but sleep is the governor of all of this. It really is. It's the big, big driver in how you perform. You know, you could you could carb load the night before and then go out and have a shit night's sleep and then not not perform the next day. Or you could be part of the keto community, completely be fat adapted, go to run a marathon the next day. But if you sleeped really, slept really badly, um, your performance, regardless of what you've done nutritionally or from a training perspective leading up to that event, will be less and subpar, suboptimal than what it would have been if you had really, you know, um, addressed getting high quality sleep, which 
is you know probably 70 percent of it is is light and how you can um you know i guess manage light in order to sleep better and it would be remiss if i didn't mention that all the different colors of light so think of a rainbow okay that's all the different frequencies of light that are present in um in sunlight in led light there is only blue light and, and green light and very very small small amounts like hardly even worth mentioning of all the other colors like your yellows your your oranges, your reds, <clears throat> etc., And each of those frequencies of light that you see in the sun all have a different um, job to play in, in human physiology. So blue light causes us to feel awake and alert and it tells our brain that it's daytime and cortisol can be higher and dopamine should be released and serotonin should be released. Um, and also at that time of the day, neurotransmitters um, and peptides should be released to aid digestion and hormones such as ghrelin and leptin um, are all optimal during the, the daytime. Um, and then when you know you have red light from the sun, that tells your brain to relax and be calm and it restores and it repairs because blue light, whether it's in the sun or whether it's in an LED screen, causes damage to your eyes. It's high energy. It can cause cell damage. But the sun's clever. Nature's always clever. The antidote to that is the red light, which causes it to, to heal your eyes. So when you're staring at a screen during the day um, without blue light blocking glasses on or uh, software on your um, screen like Iris or Flux, or you've got overhead lighting or, or lamp lighting during the day or you're opening the fridge, etc., um, you know, you're causing that damage to your eyes. But there's no red light present in those LEDs to actually repair any of the damage that that's causing. And what I, I guess, alluded to at the beginning of this um, sort of segment was that blue light tells our brain that it's daytime. But what we're doing after sunset is we're coming home, switching on the house lights, opening the fridge, watching the telly, looking at our phones, laptops, car headlights, all those sources of blue light. And that's sending the same message to the brain that, oh, it's midday again. That's great. Melatonin doesn't need to be released now. That's fine. We just need to keep cortisol levels higher. Um, we don't need to unwind. We're, we're happy to be pent up. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we don't sleep. We, sleep, we go to bed later. Um, we don't get the deep and REM sleep that we need. And a lot of people don't understand that mel they, they see melatonin as a sleep hormone, which is, yeah, it does a little bit of that, but it's actually one of the most powerful antioxidants that we can produce. And when you look at the studies, melatonin is a free radical scavenger. It, lo it looks after and cleans up um, reactive oxygen species that are forming during the day from certain metabolic processes. Um, and it's also a clearer out of adenosine. And adenosine is a byproduct of, of ATP production, um, which forms in the brain throughout the day through just general metabolic processes. And as it builds up and up and up in the brain, this waste product, it causes something called sleep pressure, which will make us sleep independent of light. Um, but what light does is it puts us into a state of deep sleep and REM sleep, which is only, only really happens optimally if you produce a lot of melatonin naturally, and it clears out that adenosine. So if we're building up that sleep pressure from our metabolic processes during the day, a lot of adenosine in the brain, but then we're watching TV before we go to bed um, and not wearing blue light blocking glasses. We're not going to produce enough melatonin to be able to clear out all that adenosine. So that's why we get that brain fog the next day and we feel sluggish and fatigued because we're not fully restoring and repairing the system um, from from adequate sleep. And light gets in the way of that. So it's not just performance. You know, there's mental health issues that can come from this as well. And, you know, it's it's just such an important part of the, the health jigsaw that I'm, I'm still shocked to this day that I see, you know, the top people in 
you know, either paleo, keto or whatever vegan, whatever diet they follow, they're, they're saying that they're at the top of their performance. They're eating really optimally for their um, beliefs. Um, they're exercising optimally for their beliefs. But what they're not taking into account is, is sleep. And then you see them posting pictures watching TV at nine o'clock at night without their blue blockers on. But then it goes into a whole different conversation. I'm, I'm waffling on here and stop me at any point because it just it goes deeper and deeper that these health and food gurus then don't look at the circadian importance of when you should eat. Um, not eat. Um, and I'm not saying eat whatever you want. I'm saying eat whatever diet you feel is best for you. But there are specific times of the day that are more beneficial to eat food than there isn't to eat food. So as I mentioned earlier, the um, ghrelin and leptin levels in humans are actually most optimal to digest food before midday. After midday, it actually decreases down to be suboptimal. And it makes sense because you want to entrain your body clock, your master clock at the beginning of the day. So you want to entrain your liver clock and your pancreas clocks at the start of the day. When you look at the skeletal muscle circadian clock system, it actually favors um, exercise in the morning part of the day. Um, so in, in the AM, um, if you want to um, optimize, I guess, um, cardiovascular um, performance, then during the beginning of the day seems to be better. But what a lot of the studies show, and there's a lot of mis mixed information out there on when you should train. And the reason being is you're taking, you're doing clinical trials in bodybuilders, for instance, that are training you know, probably don't have a miss, um, probably don't have a correct functioning circadian rhythm. And then you're running tests on them on the best time of day to build muscle. And sometimes studies will show that that's during the latter part of the day. But when you actually look at this, you know, the studies don't actually look at the circadian rhythm system of these athletes, which is to be fair, they're working under blue light and working out under blue light all day. It's probably all over the place. So that isn't the correct, you know, information really to be portraying to the um i guess the general population oh yeah you should train later on in the day yeah if you've got a ballsed up circadian system and you don't want to sleep that night then maybe that is the best time to build muscle but what if you took a step back correctly um synced your circadian rhythm systems then your best training window would definitely be during the day so there's a lot of different factors to look at and circadian rhythms isn't just all about light and managing light and it's a huge huge part of it don't get me wrong it's the biggest part of it but there's also meal timing and also um, exercise entrainment as well which all plays a part in the overall built circadian system that we have yeah uh, two episodes ago we had rob wolf on and the dude is a you know a, a world leader in nutrition and mm. we had a really interesting conversation about um, regenerative farming and the carnivore diet and the problems with veganism. And then at the end of the episode, I asked the same question, uh, which is, um, oh, you're going to get a sneak preview of the question now, which is a fill yeah. in the blank, which is what, um, what should everybody know? And, and he goes, you know, I'm the nutrition guy and sleep is the most important thing. Like I, a total curveball wasn't expecting it. But when you protect your sleep, when you, uh, uh, when you organize your lifestyle so that you can get quality sleep, it just improves everything. It just makes you a better, happier, healthier person. Um, let's talk a little bit about – because I, wa I want to go back to sort of the concept. Also, I want to make this one point. Um, mm. President Trump recently dropped the mandate for incandescent light bulbs in the States. 
um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Are you, were you are you staying on top of that? Are you familiar with all of that and what the implications of that are? I think the listeners would be yeah. really interested in that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Certainly am. So as I mentioned, um, like, first of all, that is an amazing thing he's done. Like he's done a lot of shit, but he's also done a lot of good things. And that's one of the one, one of the one of the good things he's done. Um, so the, the issue we had about 20 years ago, I think, you know, and, and don't quote me on the exact time. Um, it's, it's a couple of decades ago. Before that time, we all used incandescent light bulbs. OK, so these were not very energy efficient. Um, they, you know, produced a different spectrum of light than LEDs do. So when you like spectral analysis test an incandescent light bulb, um, we're fortunate enough to, to hold some really high quality lab equipment to be able to test all this stuff. It's quite high in red. Um, it's got a decent amount of orange light and yellow light in it. And the blue light is, is quite balanced with, with the red and orange. Um, so you get this sort of like warm orange sort of glow, more like a warm yellow, warm orange type glows, quite a, um, quite a different sort of hue to what you see in LED bulbs. Now, before 20 years ago, this really didn't impact circadian rhythms as, as much because there wasn't this high spike of blue in it. But what happened was about 20 years ago, it all came down to sort of, and this is the sort of climate change sort of thing, I guess we were mentioning a little bit before we, we jumped on this show that, you know, um, there was obviously an agenda to start saving energy and not releasing more CO2 emissions into the atmosphere because of climate change. Um, so governments took this policy of like, well, incandescent bulbs are like just literally bleeding energy, They're literally on all the time. Um, so what can we do to make this make this better? So they created these LED light bulbs, okay, and LED started to come out and when you spectral analysis test an LED light, it's spikes in the blue range, spikes in the green range, and that's pretty much it. You get a little bit of, of reds and yellows, but nothing to write home about. Um, so what you've done is you've, you've taken a population of 20 years ago where they had these really sort of dull, um, relaxing colors of light in the reds and the oranges in them, and then you've put in a new bulb with a lot of blue and green, which excites the population and, and causes people to be alert and, uh, you know, awake all the time. Um, and then you start seeing a whole like sort of cascade of, of shocking health developments over the next 20 years that everyone likes to blame on one thing, but it's probably a combination of bad decisions at the time. Like these light bulbs came out that were like high in blue, the, the dietary guidelines came out to, to eat high carbohydrate and low fat diets, um, you know, and, and EMF started to rise in terms of, you know, um, Wi-Fi started to become introduced and we didn't have to, you know, plug in the phone line to get the internet and things like that. So, um, this was the big change and, and one fundamental change or two fundamental changes with the lighting systems that we exposed ourselves to were, first of all, I've mentioned obviously the composition of visible light changed, but light bulbs do something that isn't visible to the naked eye, but our brains can pick it up and that's called the flicker effect. So an incandescent bulb won't flicker, okay? It's a continuous stream of, of energy, hence why it's not energy efficient. So an LED light bulb, to make it energy efficient, amongst other things, is that it pulses light at very, very high speed. So it's not a continual like beam of light. So it's on for, you know, say 20%, 30% less than what its incandescent cousin would have been on for. And when you look at, and 
I will caveat this that a lot of the studies on Flickr have been done in our furry cousins, the rodents. Um, so like your mouse and your rats and all those kind of things. So I'll caveat that because, you know, a mouse study is good when it supports your belief, but a mouse study is just a mouse study if it doesn't support your belief. So take it however you want in this situation that um, Flickr sort of impairs the nervous system um, and it can, again, excite the brain so you see things like maybe an increases in adhd maybe you can see like restless sort of syndrome um uh, disorders as well sort of increasing and and damage to that sort of neurological structure of of the brain as well so that's come into play as well as as the light side of things so um and then what happened probably i mean again this is probably quite maybe it was 95 96 that the smartphone started to come out you've got to remember as well that you know Yes, we were exposed to the incandescence. There was still some circadian disrupting light in there, but not as much as the LEDs. Then we took these LEDs and we started to put them into smartphones. We started to make our TVs a lot more high definition and a lot, you know, the lux and the intensity of the light just slowly and gradually has increased over the last 20 years. Phones have got better. Fridges have got better. Car headlights. This is a major issue. So car headlights have recently moved um, in the UK and I, I believe some parts of the US as well. They now no longer manufacture car headlights in LED light. They use a new um, material called Xenon, um, which is like, I think, 10 times brighter um, in the blue range than the LED lights. So people now are going like, oh, I can't, like the glare of this, these headlights, like, what's wrong with me? I used 10 years ago, I was fine. Yeah, you were fine 10 years ago because you're, you're used to the LEDs. But now Xenon has taken that place, which is much in in blue light so we're seeing this evolution of light and now we're placing ourselves away from this softer light 20 years ago into this really high intensity light very high in the blue and green range which is just absolutely destroying not only our eye health and mitochondrial health but then later on in the day is absolutely you know ruining our sleep and um you know overall health and and mental well-being um in in to be fair, shorter time periods than what it would have been like, you know, maybe under incandescence, maybe being under incandescence, maybe by the time you're in your 80s, maybe you'll have a, you know, a bit of an issue, maybe you'll develop, you know, maybe maybe something like Alzheimer's will come or dementia, not saying it's caused by light, but maybe, you know, let's just pretend for a minute that it is. Um, Whereas we see today now that there's a lot of these diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia, diabetes, all these other horrible metabolic diseases. um, I, I, like to call them circadian mismatch diseases, but you know, each their own, are coming much quicker in life. You're seeing teens that are developing anxiety. You're seeing people develop cancers at younger rates. You're seeing um, the Alzheimer's dementias and the um, uh, depressions coming in, in the 30s and 40s and Parkinson's diseases and neurological diseases come earlier. Now, I'm not one of these gurus that come on and say, right, light is the cause of all this. Light is part of the problem. So part of this intensity and and revolutionization of of light and LED lighting is contributing to these, um, I guess, the advent of these diseases quicker. But also things like, you know, the the step from 2G to 3G to 4G to 5G, the more powerful MBN networks of Wi-Fi are impacting that neurological health as well because of the 
I guess, you know, our body needs to spin at a specific megahertz frequencies, but then we're putting these other megahertz frequencies of non-native EMFs into the environment, which is really screwing up our system. We're eating really badly. We're not exercising well. Um, we're never exposing ourselves to an, an array of different temperatures now. Um, we're just, we've got aircon in our car for the summer and in our houses, and we've got central heating in both of those units as well. So, you know, the, the environment we've created ourselves, like being a big sort of factor in that as well is really leading to the onset of a lot of these diseases of civilizations and, and mismatched diseases a lot quicker and a lot sooner in life. Yeah, it's 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 super scary. I mean, um, these are the details that we need to at least be informed about, you know, mm -hmm. um, the fact that the fact that now you can go back to incandescent, they were illegal, and now you can go back to incandescent light bulbs to to reduce and, and the, the light is different. Um, you know, the, the difference between a bright sort of white overhead light, um, versus an incandescent bulb that I, that, you know, that I grew up with, um, is, is massive. The light looks different, feels different. And, and you are, it's like walking into an office, you know, you walk into a, you know, a, a insurance office and there's cubicles and there's like really crappy light over your head and you walk in and you mm -hmm. can feel it. You can feel like. Oh my God, yeah. suddenly it's not because it's not because this there's boring work happening. No offense to insurance <laughs> people. It's because the lighting is terrible. It's it's yeah. right above your head. It's super bright. Some some of these bulbs are actually noticeably flickering. And it just mm -hmm. as I know there's studies uh, you know, there's studies around like flickering light and like losing your mind and, and going yeah. into insanity. You know, um, it's a major thing that, that is the type of – it's the type of issue that we all at least need to be aware of and that if you're – again, going back to the fact, if, you're, if your nutrition is good and your exercise is good and you're taking great supplements and you're, you know, um, you're taking care of all these things but your light is dog shit, you are mm – -hmm. you're, you're missing it. You're missing the whole point, you know. Um, yeah. We need – you know, we, we, build, we build muscle mass at night. You know, we uh, – yeah, the implications are, are massive. Um, I want to talk about the, the the three different lenses that that, that you make. Um, mm. You know, until recently, uh, you know, I, I I didn't really know. I guess I don't know how it was recently a year ago or so. I didn't realize that that you could still block blue light with the lenses that I'm wearing now. Um, I didn't realize that you could block the harmful effects of the computer with a clear lens. And I'll just speak to this really before you go into the different the the different yeah. lenses. Um, you know, it's not the type of thing that when you put on when you wear, when I wear these clear lenses and 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 do work during the daytime, um, I don't notice it. But what I do notice is when I don't wear them. Yeah. <laughs> like I could wear I'll wear these all day and I'll and I'll and I'll be in and I won't notice it and then the next day I'll leave them at home or whatever and I'll be out at a coffee shop working staring at my screen and like 2 hours into my work day my eyes are dry they feel tired and so it, it is a it is a noticeable difference when you wear them consistently and not mm. you know for the for the darker colored amber colored blue blocking glasses at night you can def you can totally notice and if you yeah. if someone tries them on and they say oh i didn't really notice a difference or you're they're bullshitting themselves because yeah. you do notice 
how much more relaxed you feel, how much more ready to sleep you are at a decent time when you're wearing the amber, darker colored, blue blocking glasses and watching, you know, seven episodes of The Witcher on Netflix, you know, like... (laughs) Like th- there's a noticeable thing, but can you can you tell us a little bit about mm. how the different lenses fit in for the different l- lifestyles and times of day and, and activities? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely talk about that. Just a little sort of step back, I think, just to sort of caveat that not all blue light glasses are created equal. And the reason I founded Blue Blocks was because I was um, I, I had friends in optics laboratories here in um, Australia. I've got no optics background myself. Um, I just have friends in that um, in that area. And I took 20 leading brands of blue light blocking glasses. So these are like the amber lens ones. I took them to the lab and I just said, can you spectral test them for me and tell me what light these glasses are actually blocking? Um, there's a very important study that came out in um, 2002 um, by a guy called Phelps. Um, and what they did was they basically tested what frequencies of light impacted melatonin. So they started all the way from blue light and went all the way up to red light and they mapped how it impacted melatonin in humans. And they created a basically a, a curve um, graph to show where the melatonin disruption zone was. So this was all peer reviewed, you know, clinical trials, they got this in evidence in place. And it was very clear that you needed to block 100% of light that fell within a range of 400 to 550 nanometers. Nanometers is just how you measure light, um, which is pretty much most of the green spectrum, not all of it, um, but 100% of the of the blue spectrum. So after dark, you had to block all of that light, 100%. So we tested 20 leading brands. You know, um, we're not name it on here, obviously, but if you people are listening, name a brand of blue light glasses to wear after dark. We would have tested them, and they would have failed their test. Every single one failed the test that you know i think it was something like 19 of the 20 of them didn't even block all blue light let alone green light and there was one brand that blocked all the blue light but not the specific green frequencies that you needed to block after dark so that led me to a point of saying to my my mates in there can you develop me a lens that blocks exactly that range and they just look at me like i'm mad and just like yeah we can do that it's not a problem we just it's just physics you know would create a lens that blocks 100 percent of the light in that range and they did, and that's why we've we've got this this pair of glasses now, which appear sort of deep amber red almost. When you wear them in the dark, they appear very red. Um, they don't make you see red. Um, they just change the blue colors to blacks and the greens to a different shade of green. So you've got to be careful that you know the information I'm giving. If you go and rush out to Amazon now and buy, buy a pair of Uvex safety glasses or just a cheap pair of you know um, block the light glasses or whatever the hell they're calling them. Um, you're, you're not going to be optimizing melatonin production, you'll be improving your melatonin production. But if you want optimal, then you need to be blocking 100% in the ranges that our glasses are, are blocking in, which are, which are these red ones. Um, so that's that's what they do. So I guess that leads, segues nicely into, into these. So we produce these Sleep Plus glasses. Um, they block 100% between 400 to 550, which is in line with the academic literature. We've tested them, but also we've had independent bodies test them as well and do videos of live testing of these lenses to show that what we're saying is correct. That's, that's cool. Yeah, so we wanted that out there, and it's, it's all readily available on the internet, YouTube and, and our website. But we always say people to reach out to us. And, and one thing I always say as well, Sean, is that 
you know, I'm not going to try and coerce people into buying blue blocks. You buy whatever glasses you want. I just want to give the facts and people can make their own decision. If you choose another company to go with, ask them for their spectral analysis report, because I guarantee you 100% of the time they won't have it. So they don't know what their glasses are blocking. They just call them blue light blocking glasses, whether no matter what color the lens is. So ask them for that test result and then look at it and go, is it blocking 100% 400 to 550 nanometer range? And when they come back and you know, don't give it to you or, or maybe on a, you know, an off chance they do give it to you, you'll notice that it won't be blocking it. And we'll share our reports with people. They're on the website anyway. Um, so you, what you do is you, these are, these are to be worn after dark. Um, so after the sun sets um, and what they do is they stop a hundred percent of the light that disrupts melatonin without having to sit in complete darkness. So what it does is it, um, by, by blocking those, those specific frequencies of light, your body lowers cortisol, it starts to produce melatonin. And a lot of people that wear these will go into bed at like midnight and they're putting them on at seven o'clock in the evening and they literally can't keep their eyes open at 10 o'clock at night and having to go to bed. And they're, they're saying, like, a lot of people are saying like, oh, I'm getting better dreams. Yeah, because you're getting better REM sleep, better deep sleep. I'm waking up feeling refreshed. Yeah, because you're repairing your body properly. So these are just a must for everyone because everyone's exposed to artificial blue light after dark. And then obviously after we released those, we sent them to a yeah, question for you. What, what, yeah. what would happen if you wore a pair of those, um, while it was daylight out? Like what, what, what does that do? Does it, does it like have detrimental fact, uh, effects to your circadian rhythm or like, like what yeah. just, just randomly. Amazing question. And we, we do get some people that sometimes don't fully understand it. We'll start wearing them during the day. You need blue light during the day. If you block blue light during the day, you're going to mismatch your circadian rhythm. You're going to have low cortisol levels all the time, which is just as bad as having chronically high um, levels of cortisol. Um, you're going to feel sleepy very quickly. Your body won't know what's going on. Like you need light passing for blue light passing through your eyes during the day. Hence why you should never block blue during the day. Um, you should only filter it down or remove specific frequencies that might have an effect on people with a, have a sensitivity to blue light. So yeah, after sunset only, unless you are traveling through specific time zones and you want to manage jet lag and you want to sync your body clock to your destination time zone. So this, so basically our, um, one of our first ventures into jet lag management was with the Socceroos, who are the Australian national soccer team. So in 2017, they had some World Cup qualifiers against Honduras, which is in Central America, so over by you guys. Um, and they, it was the longest trip that any football team ever had to take for a World Cup qualifying game. An Australian, um, so we worked with a guy called Nick Jones, who was their chief sports scientist, because he wanted to manipulate light in order to entrain the soccer players circadian rhythms to the destination time zone so we actually wrote a paper for for him on this and how to do it and he obviously had his ideas so they had um basically they they kept the soccer players awake on the sydney to hawaii flight um which was i think a night flight for them but it was during the day in um in honduras so what they did was they kept all the lights on on the plane. They didn't let them sleep. They stimulated them. You know, they, they got the TVs on and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, in the long run isn't good because it's not it's it, it's not the correct sunlight. But in the circumstances, it kept them awake. 
And then when they got on their flight from Honolulu to um, Honduras, they switched over to these Sleep Plus glasses so they could sleep um, and then wait, which because it was a night flight again to get to Honduras. And then when they landed in the morning, it was a the morning, they took these glasses off, they exposed themselves to sunlight to re-entrain their clock for that mm. specific time zone. And they went on to qualify for the World Cup and they used it in the opposite on the way back to Sydney. Wow. Um, so, so, yeah. And, so, yeah. So one. So even one day of of syncing up the use of those glasses to set up for the destination is enough. Well, I mean, probably enough to have a noticeable effect in in. You're right. Right. Like mm-hmm. if you get there and you're playing a night game in Honduras and you and you're living in, you know, in the past, you know, because yeah. of the time change and <laughs> yeah. you haven't set yourself up for, for a night's sleep. That is fascinating. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Eh? And, and, and as well, what, you're, what you know, I mentioned sort of at the beginning about phase shifting. So if you look at your phone in the morning, it's going to tell you it's midday. So what we also did with um, the Australian national football team, and this is what people can do if they're getting on a long haul flight for every time zone you're traveling from. So say, for instance, it's an eight hour time difference. You want to for eight days prior to leaving for your journey, you want to try and phase shift yourself purposely by different light exposure. So say, for instance, you want to phase shift forward. You would go to bed an hour later each night. So you would put these on an hour later each night, expose yourself to bright light after sunset leading up. So you slowly phase shift in your circadian rhythm. So when you get on that flight, you're already on day one of the new time zone, having eased yourself into it rather than that big shock of like bang, eight hours. And then it's a lot more difficult because you need one day of recovery for each hour of time you gain or lose in terms of jet lag perspective so if you can slowly ease yourself into that you can actually have jet lag management protocols i mean i've written a blog on this that this it depends on the direction of travel it depends on whether you're going up across down you know east west all that kind of stuff but there's actually a lot of steps you can do to eliminate jet lag and and I've given this to a lot of high performance people like Chris Gethin, for instance, follows it and and a few other people. And they literally don't get jet lag anymore because they follow this protocol of light management. But they also look at things like fasting on the flight. Um, We take molecular hydrogen um, whilst we're on the flight to mitigate against um, any inflammation that's being caused. We hydrate with a lot of water. When we're on the plane, we actually ground ourselves to the plane. Okay, so we make sure that our feet are bare and we're touching metal on the plane, um, which helps. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. I've not heard this. Wait, you ground into the plane bare feet on metal? Yeah, absolutely. Bare feet on on metal. Now, there's a, a mechanism that planes have in place when they're manufactured to prevent them from being conductive to lightning strikes, okay? So by having that property in them, you're then gaining negative charge from that plane rather than the positive charge of not being grounded. So when your bare feet are touching metal on the plane, you're then having that you know, DC electric current pass through your body, which is reducing inflammation and keeping mitochondria charged. Whoa. So there's, yeah, lots of hidden hacks. Wow. Um, and- what about the what about the EMF undies? Are you wearing the the EMF protecting underwear and beanies and clothing and stuff too? Is that part of it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And we're also wearing a hundred percent light blocking sleep masks. Um, we, we we just so happen to have invented one. Um, 
we also have noise cancelling headphones because of the roar and noise. We we specifically choose where we want to sit on the plane. We don't want to sit by the wings because that's where the highest um, noise and an EMF typically is on, on an aircraft. But it's the things we do afterwards as well. So when we get off the plane, we immediately, shoes and socks are back off and we are grounding ourselves to the earth immediately. One of the best things you can do is get in a salty see and swim as soon as you're off because the effects of being in um, a highly conductive environment like what salt does um, is much better than actually physically grounding yourself to the earth so get to a beach immediately Um, it's the timing of your flight as well if you can time a flight to land in your destination country at night so around about bedtime you can literally if you do all the the right protocols and light management and EMF management, literally get straight into bed and get a really good night's sleep and be unjet lagged the next morning. So yeah, there's so many different hacks you can do. That's just a sort of a taster of them. But yeah, jump on the website and have a read of that blog on on the ultimate formula of jet lag because there's all the evidence there that um, we've put forward on how to actually manage it. And a lot of the information that's in that blog was the information that we were um, working with um, the Australian national soccer team on um to, to manage their jet lag so it's yeah very very important that's so, very cool holy cow yeah, yeah that's that's those a uh, couple of new ones there for me wow that's great uh okay back to back to i think we're working backwards yes. from the from the uh the dark amber yeah. uh don't wear them during the day dummy because yeah. if you do it's going to start to make you tired and screw up the natural uh the natural circadian rhythm and the and the light sunlight that you need anyway okay so yeah, take it take it away. Andy. Yeah, absolutely. so so just to finish off on these, one night is all you'll need to see the difference. And the amount of people that message us saying like, "Oh my God, one night," and I have not slept like this in X amount of years. So that is very very um, very important. So then you, uh, that light needs change throughout the day. As as we said, the the sun's sun changes throughout the day and its frequencies of invisible and visible light. After dark, we should only ever be exposed to what we were exposed to ancestrally, which was red light from fires, um, candles, you know, that kind of thing. So the, the sleep are essential for everyone. During the day, it depends on your sensitivity to blue light, okay, on what lens you should wear. So you have a clear lens, which is what you're wearing now, and you can see it's working because all I can see in your lenses is blue, um, the blue light being reflected. Um, so people seeing that can see literally the screen is it's just the blue light being reflected, which is amazing. And you also have the yellows that I am wearing now. Okay, now they block different amounts of blue light. So for me, my biggest bugbear with what people call daytime blue light glasses, they call them blue light blocking glasses. They don't block blue light; they filter blue light. Mm. So blue light is essential during the day. We need it. We just don't need it in how LEDs present it to us, which is number one, without the balance of red light. And this is why I always recommend that people have a salt lamp or something like that next to their laptop, or they have a, um, you know, some sort of red light around their working area. So they can have flux on their laptop, not a problem. Iris, which is software that takes down blue light, but there's no software for your um, house lights. You know, you either have to put a red light bulb in, which I'll come on to later, or you have to have some sort of like salt lamp or red lamp near it to help balance the negative effects of the blue light. And also the quantity of blue light present in your LED devices and and LED lighting is a lot higher than what's in in sunlight. So we need to take steps to reduce it down. Because we're um, getting too much of this blue light during the day, we then develop symptoms if we're not wearing blue light filtering glasses 
of digital eye strain. So we might get dry eyes, you might get watery eyes, you might get little tension headaches, you'll feel fatigued at the end of the day. Um, and those kind of symptoms are, are what the general population will get from working under artificial light during the day. So they don't have a huge sensitivity to blue light. They just need to filter a little bit of it down in order to be, you know, to, to eliminate those symptoms of digital eye strain. So someone like yourself, Sean, you don't have a sensitivity to blue light. You're seeing the benefits of wearing those clear lenses. You're probably working in a well naturally lit office as well and, and taking some steps to manage light. So they're great for you. OK, they really help you mitigate the problems of blue light. Someone that has a sensitivity to blue light will already have symptoms of anxiety, depression, seasonal affective disorder and low mood and even migraine headaches. OK, now I wear the yellow glasses because I suffer from migraine headaches. And since wearing my yellow glasses, I don't have migraines. I haven't done for about five years. Now, what the yellow glasses do, they're yellow because they filter more of the blue light. So the glasses you're wearing are filtering about 30% of the blue light. These are filtering about 50, 55% of the blue light. So it's still keeping blue light intact to keep me feeling alert and awake. But because I have a sensitivity to blue light during the day, and it's probably down to having blue eyes or something sort of um, hereditary regards light and migraines, because my mum suffers from migraines as well, um, I can manage that by managing the specific frequencies of light at the lower end a more excitable end and higher energy end of the blue spectrum by filtering those light um, frequencies out and then actually making me feel a lot more, you know, relaxed. If I suffered from anxiety and depression, it would stop, you know, cortisol elevating really high because blue light obviously increases cortisol. And if people are anxious and depressed, then they might have um, uh, either a, an out of sync cortisol cycle, which is a mismatched circadian issue, or they may have chronically high cortisol, at which point you don't need so much blue light to keep it elevated. You almost want to dull it down a little bit as well. So it really depends on your, your situation. This is why I always say when I come and, and speak to people like yourselves and, and your amazing community is that we have a team that are here to answer your questions. So people need to email us and say to us, this is my light environment. What glasses do I need? And what free hacks do I need to do to improve my light hygiene? And we answer every single one of them because I've trained my staff to be able to answer those questions from an evidence scientific based background. So if someone comes to me like yourself and just describes the symptoms of, yeah, I'm getting maybe dry eyes and blurry vision at the end of the day, then we would be like, right, you, do you have anxiety, depression, things like that? No, right, clear glasses would be best for you. Whereas if someone comes to me just saying like, oh, I feel really down whenever I'm around blue light, I'm dizzy, I get migraines all the time. Then we would say, well, you need the yellow glasses during the day for the extra protection and the free hacks. You need to be out watching that sunrise. You need to be not having any blue light after dark. You might need to input red light bulbs into your house for after dark because you're extra sensitive to the blue light. You need to power down your devices um, two hours before bed, um, you might need to get a salt lamp in next to your computer. So all these free hacks that, that people need to do as well to tidy up their light hygiene. So that's why we've got two different daytime lenses. And this is why we don't like to bash other lenses as well. So that we have clear yellow and red, whereas a lot of other companies out there will either have just an amber lens and they'll say, yep, yeah, this is what you need, wear it whenever you want. And other companies, which absolutely infuriates me, say that, yeah, you can wear the clear lenses. They're going to help with your sleep. They won't help with shit after dark. Like, trust me, they will do nothing because we've seen the evidence that you need to block 100 percent between 400 and 550 after dark. And those block 30 percent between 400 and 495, which is 
fine for during the day. So, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there um, and you've got to be very careful because people will just go, right, I don't want to pay a hundred US dollars for Andy Mance Blue Blocks glasses because I can go and pick them up for 20 bucks off eBay. And it's like, well, no, that they're doing very different things. And a, a very interesting study that we've done personally is I have a spectrometer myself, okay? It's a lab-grade spectrometer. Because I'm a geek in light, I go around testing everything uh, all over the place. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to test, um, test some clear blue light glasses. I want to see what these, these glasses are filtering. Um, and there's this, there's this one company, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention them, okay, because I've tested that. I've got the data and I've put it on the internet, um, called Cyrix, okay? And I'm probably not pronouncing that correct. It's like CY... UX or something like that. And they have invented this pen. Okay. So you get your clear glasses and it's like this pen that you shine on this bit of paper and it causes the paper to, you know, turn a, a different color, like a purpley color. And then they put their glasses in and they shine this light on the glasses and it doesn't penetrate the glasses and cause the burn on the paper, the other side. And it, it, it didn't ring it didn't ring true to me because I was looking at what they were claiming and they were claiming that they were having blue light filtering glasses. Yet the color of this this pen looked blue, but it was leaving a purple mark on the um, on the paper. So I got my bit of equipment. I bought a pair of these glasses, 20 bucks off Amazon. Like, you know, they look nice. OK, I was like, oh, OK, this is pretty cool. So I, I got their pen and I stuck it right on the um, test strip of my spectrometer, tested it. And it came back that it had zero blue light in it. It was just violet light. Okay. So it's a scam. It's a gimmick. And I've so seen, what I did. I, I've seen those yeah. ads. I've seen those ads on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's unbelievable. And I tested our lenses with this pen and it passed straight through it. And I was like, okay, well, that's brilliant. So um, what, what they're doing is, okay, they are taking out something called violet light. Now, I thought, right maybe maybe my glasses aren't optimal i'm always looking to change maybe my glasses aren't right let me just recheck what the spectral um report of light is for leds okay so i tested three led devices um and they all yielded a similar result zero of the light was violet in led lights zero so these glasses are actually blocking and or, or reducing violet light which is only present in the sun it's not present in your LED lights um, it, at all. It's only blue light. So we started testing a few of these clear glasses and pretty much all of them weren't blocking even or filtering any blue. It was just violet and violet light's not even present in the um, in LED backlit digital devices. So go figure. Yeah, that I mean, that's that, I mean, that's not surprising. Right. I mean, there's there's always going to be. There's always going to be those those guys that that try to take advantage of trends and cut corners and yeah. you know that's it's bullshit, but the you know the, the cool part I think the, the, I think the greatest asset one of the greatest assets for you know prima donnas like myself is like the style right like I know yeah. I want to wear blue blocking glasses I know I want to wear blue filtering glasses you know I know how important it is for me. I just don't want to look like a turd, you know. I don't want to look like, <laughs> like a welder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a welder or yeah, uh, uh, a carpenter, struck construction worker yeah, with like the wraparound jobbies that are gigantic, yeah. you know. Um, and it's funny because I used to wear blue blockers because um, mm. I thought they were cool and weird. And uh, I saw Jack Nicholson wearing some. Uh, this was yeah. this this was like years ago, and I would wear those. During the daytime, I didn't I didn't know shit back then, but 
Yeah. Um, I did. I did have one question for. Uh, I have several, several more questions. But one of one of them yeah, was, sure. you know, when you're at the beach, you know, being in the west coast of Australia, <clears throat> you know, you, you say that you wear the daytime, you know, the yellow ones, um, because you get the headaches and stuff like that. Do you do you wear them if you're outside at a beach where you're not going to be looking at any screens? No, only only wear our glasses indoors during the day, the clear the clear and the yellows, and after dark you can wear the reds anywhere in inside or outside. Now I'm a firm believer that our eyes need to see sunlight, um, so I don't wear sunglasses ninety percent of the time. Um, the ten percent of the time I wear them is if there's you know unbearable glare off unnatural surfaces um now i've got to be a little bit more careful because i have blue eyes um so i have obviously a, a genetic mutation that doesn't allow me to have high levels of melanin in my eyes and melanin is a, a uv absorber so i have um that i mean nature puts in a a great mechanism to project protect against uv for people in blue eyes so you have a an interocular fluid that's formed um when uv is high which makes your eyes a little bit watery and that actually helps to to absorb more of the uv and there's also a um like a muscle reflex um response which we ultimately call squinting when we're out in the in the sun so yeah i'll probably get crow's feet quicker than everyone else but i want the sun to come through and into my eyes and there's there's different um reasons why i do that like number one i obviously want those signals coming through my eyes at various points of the day so sunrise midday and sunset as a minimum um but another really important thing is that there's very high quantities of dha the fatty acid dha in our eyes okay um and our mitochondria um are charged and kept optimal via a dc electric current and dha plays a very important role with sunlight so uv light hits the dha in our eyes and actually transitions the current to a dc electric current into our bodies so if we're wearing sunglasses and blocking that uv light we're then not getting that passing through our eyes and mixing with the dha to form that dc electric current and and keep us charged so there's there's a lot of other reasons why why we do it but those are the main sort of two as to why i will never or, or very rarely wear sunglasses when i'm outside and you know i have 2020 vision um i've never worn glasses um i've managed light probably for the last five years um the last sort of two and a half really optimally and you know that's not you know causing me any issues but what people have got to remember is i'm not saying people throw out your sunglasses I'm saying correct your circadian rhythm and light hygiene, and then you can probably look at throwing them out. Because I used to be one of those people that used to wear sunglasses on a cloudy day because I couldn't tolerate Mm. the high intensity of light from the sun because my eyes were conditioned to artificial light. So people need to, you know, correct the issues they have first before removing sunglasses at the middle of the day when UV is really high. It's like sun cream, you know, like I don't wear sunscreen because I go out in the mornings when UV light is very low and I build up melanin. So melanin in my skin, which is like a base tan in in essence, can then absorb UV light later on in the day correctly. But if I say to someone, throw out your sun cream, don't worry about your circadian rhythm, go outside at midday to see the light for the first time during the day, you're gonna burn like a bitch. Like it's gonna just like literally burn you like within an hour. But if you go out in the morning um and start building your melanin up over a few days you can go outside 
all, all day and, and not have to worry too much about UV light. But then again, there's more caveats, like look at some of the um, uh, dinoral animals that are active during the day. So for instance, um, some mammals that are out during the day will hunt during the morning and the evening when the UV light is lowest. And during the day, they won't be basking in the UV light. They'll be sat under a tree or in a tree in the shade, um, allowing for, you know, to be out in that environment, but not baking in it. So it's just like a lot of caveats and a lot of context has to be applied. And, you know, this is why I don't like it when some people come on shows or write blogs and say, throw your sunglasses and sunscreen away and you'll be fine. It's like it's a a little bit more complicated than that. It's more of a journey um, that people need to, you know, adhere to and, and People are on different stages of that journey. You know, I'm quite far ahead of, of, of the general population in terms of my journey in light. Um, whereas some, someone like yourself, Sean, is probably in the middle of that range. And then you've got people that know nothing about light that are right at the beginning. So, you know, it's taking sort of little bits of the information, slowly adding them into your, I guess, light management protocol. And, and that's why we're here to help. You know, that's why I want to come on and, and you know, kind enough to, to, to have me on um, to, to speak about this because people need to be educated and, and, and kind of, you know, allow me to filter out the white noise that's out there at the moment in in terms of blue light um because blue light's not bad it's bad in a contextual situation where you know you don't want it after dark you don't want a lot of it during the day but to say blue light is bad is like saying all carbohydrate is bad yeah refined carbohydrate white bread sugar is probably not the greatest for you but you know broccoli and sweet potato is amazing for you so you know light's the same it's it's, it's context has to apply apply we can't demonize um light um we just have to manage it accordingly yeah are you uh are you a um awake at sunrise outside staring at the sun as it comes up kind of guy and then and then outside every yeah every day every day every day without fail um, yeah. and once you've done it for a few days you'll be jumping out of bed because you know i don't drink caffeine um because i, I don't want to be addicted to to, to to any narcotic myself um and i find that it um, is an inhibitor of adenosine so um when you actually start getting a massive dopamine and serotonin hit from watching the rising sun it's far better than taking any coffee in the morning and right. the only thing the only time i miss coffee is the winter and i don't miss the taste i miss the warm drink of like oh it's a bit cold a nice warm drink so i um i take um in the winter a swiss water extracted decaffeinated coffee um if i want a warm drink so you know people will be like oh, i drink decaf but actually it's worse than normal regular coffee because they use things like um i can't remember what it was like arsenic or cyanide or something ridiculous to try and extract that um caffeine down so there's a swiss water extraction method which is a kind of like a reverse osmosis type method um to to remove the caffeine so if you um you know want to drink coffee still opt for decaf but opt for swiss water extracted decaf as well so damn dude andy you are you are cutting edge brother holy (laughs) shit thanks man reverse osmosis swiss decaffeinated and only when i'm in the mood (laughs) just rare on rare moments when it dips below a hundred degrees on the west coast of australia <laughs> oh, so funny! And our winters are so warm as well. So yeah, yeah. Like, a cold day, a cold day for you is like eighty-five degrees. Like yeah, when it's the winter time and it's cold, like it's fucking still burning hot. I mean, I got four inches of yep. snow outside of my house right now. Um, 
give us just a couple of you've already given us several which we're, I'm I'm very thankful for and I hadn't really thought of um, give us some give us some at home around the office or in the living room sort of uh, light hacks you mentioned you know Himalayan salt lamps mm. near your computer screen what are two yep. or three other ones that are really impactful and that people really like that uh, that we haven't mentioned yeah so there's um there's a few things you can do um in the evening so obviously the the himalayan salt lamps during the day is great um flux and iris two software systems that you can put onto your laptops do that during the day that will take down a lot of the blue light won't eradicate the problem because overhead lighting and office lighting is is still blue light um you can also i i always recommend during the day getting sun breaks so go outside during the day like people go out for smoke breaks so just you know tell your boss that i'm going out for a sun break eat your lunch outside under natural light not artificial light because if you're eating your food under artificial light you're going to raise insulin levels and blood glucose levels um that's been shown in studies to to happen so be outside when you eat okay um and it, if they say no you can't go outside during the day then just pretend to take up smoking and just stand <laughs> out there with the smokers or something i don't know um so yeah those are the best things to do during the day okay um after dark i mean i'm a little bit more hardcore after dark and a lot of people are now adopting this because they've seen the benefits of it um, so I have, um, red light bulbs installed in my living areas. Cause I, I, I won't watch TV during the day and or turn on lights. We get 300 days of sunshine in, in Australia. So I don't need any artificial light during the day, which is really good for me. Um, however, I have red light bulbs, um, because they don't impact melatonin. And for another conversation, we have opsin receptors in our skin, one of them called melanopsin which actually can detect blue light at 480 nanometers, which means that you could be wearing blue light blocking glasses after, after dark, um, but if you've got blue light in your house, your skin can actually recept the blue light and disrupt circadian systems at a local level. Um, so yeah, that's- I wanna highlight that point because this is, this is, this is mind blowing, right? Like if mm. you are awake after bed, or after the yep. sun goes down, and even if you have blue light blocking glasses and you're on your couch watching TV with overhead lights, LED lights on in the yeah. in your in your room watching TV, you should wear long sleeves and long pants because otherwise your skin mm -hmm. is going to detect that light and it's gonna have a similar effect. Right? Yep. Crazy. Absolutely crazy and a study was released three weeks ago um so it's timely that we're jumping on now that showed that the skin has its own clock mechanism independent of the master clock okay so it doesn't matter if you're wearing the blue light glasses if your skin is exposed to blue light it will disrupt the clock system within the skin now the clock system within the skin does two important things during the day it allows us to safely absorb uv light Okay. And it allows us to be, um, you know, safely run metabolic processes. But during the day, because of that, and because of pollution and EMFs, we have inflammation that builds up in the skin, maybe sunburn as well, that kind of thing. It builds up in the skin. The second phase of the skin, which is again, clinical trial three weeks ago has proven this in skin cells, is that it switches its circadian phase to a repair phase. But the repair phase it has to be dark. It can only be or, or physiological darkness. So in the absence of light underneath 
550 nanometers it keeps coming back to 550 any light over 550 it's fine it doesn't affect the rhythm of the skin so what we're doing is we're getting good sleep by wearing our blue blocks red lenses after dark but what's happening is we're still watching tv or we've got um normal led lights in our house our skin then thinks it's the daytime so it never goes into repair mode so we age we can't repair damage in the skin so you know what the authors like alluded to and more studies are needed on this that are we blaming uv light for skin cancer incorrectly because uv light might be causing that damage in the day but again nature always puts an antidote into its you know into these double-edged swords but because we're not allowing our skin to repair itself in the absence of blue and green light is it just festering and becoming an issue and we can't repair that damage whereas if we switch to red lights or campfires and things like that that our ancestors would have done and we got a bit sunburnt during the day would that then heal that and we wouldn't have it susceptibility wow. to melanoma wow yeah so <laughs> you're you know what's being what's being blamed you know uv is being blamed for skin cancer and so you know uh copper tone makes millions and millions on on uh on sunblock but mm -hmm. but what now we what we now are understanding is that our skin isn't repairing effectively because we're in shitty mm -hmm. light all day yep. at work we're in shitty light all night until we go to sleep mm -hmm. at 11 o'clock uh and because we're going to sleep at 11 o'clock with shitty lighting and turning off mm -hmm. all the lights means that we're not getting quality sleep. So all of our repair mechanisms and all of the recuperation that happens that we need from sleep is, is diminished. And then we're sleeping yep. from, especially if you're in like the Northern latitudes, like I am, you know, in Seattle yep. or New York or Chicago or Toronto or further North, then, then at 11 o'clock I'm going to sleep and I'm getting up at six and I'm immediately turning on all these lights. So I'm getting, I'm getting, maybe seven hours of dog shit sleep mm. and and my skin isn't repairing itself and i'm exposed to leds first thing in the morning throughout the day and it's just this vicious cycle crazy wow yeah so it's like are we in a you know are we in a, a lighting problem or are we in a absence of darkness problem you know mm. it's probably a bit of both we we no longer get darkness now and the same is true when we sleep um, if we haven't got 100% blackout curtains and zero light coming in from our outside, you know, you've got things like um, car headlights, street lamps, neighbors lights shining in during um, the night whilst you're sleeping. So your skin is then still exposed um, to artificial um, artificial blue light, which is not allowing it to repair. And it will be I guarantee you that this will come out at some point, much like, um, you know, X amount of years ago, the food gurus um started talking about cholesterol um and heart disease um and like everyone assumed that cholesterol was causing heart disease but sort of was in terms of it was doing its job but what was causing it was you know um inflammation it's like saying you know if i was to come around your house sean and punch a hole in your wall um, and then I got some spackle and then repaired that um, punch in the wall for you because obviously you'd be pretty pissed off that I did that. It would never look like new. It would look all lumpy and bumpy. So what has caused that problem? Is it me punching that hole in the wall to start with or is it my spackling to repair it? It was me punching the hole in the wall. And that's very much like 
how um, cholesterol works in in the system with with inflammation. It's like it's it's the correlation and causation thing. Like it's like saying that fire engines cause fires because at every single fire a fire engine is there and and you know also fire engines must be causing these fires because they're there cholesterol is the same thing and and it will it will come back to light as well where they'll go oh you know well uv's causing um skin cancer because it's, it's present at that time it's causing we can see it causing some cell damage but what they're not looking at is okay well what is the repair mechanism for that because we evolved under the sun every you know creature on this earth and plant on this earth has evolved under our star the sun okay why would the sun put things in there that's going to that's going to kill us like it just makes no sense okay and there's always going to be things that causes damage and, and uv light does cause damage to the cells much like blue light causes damage to the cells we can see it through digital eye strain but if we're a slave to the sun and allow the sun to not only damage but repair we will get all the benefits of the light that, that comes through um and shines down on, onto earth and you know what we're doing is we're trying to be clever humans again and, um, you know, um, invent different types of light, take out different types of light. And now we're actually living under alien suns, which is LED light. And our bodies haven't evolved under those little alien suns. They've evolved under the sun. And we need to be out in that more. And we need to be more, you know, less clothed in that sun. We need to allow it to hit our skin. We need to allow it to, to pass through our eyes. But what is equally as important is darkness um, and 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 having a good portion of post sunset in that darkness, whether it be whilst you sleep, whether it be having some red lights in your house, or um, you know removing the blue light, so you can mimic what our ancestors evolved under. And candlelight's a great um, a great one to, to to put in as well, um, because we're devoid of darkness. And for the yeah. human body to repair, we need to be in darkness. And yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a sorry state of affairs, really. It's, it's you know, it's getting to a point now where, you know, people are starting to take note and listen, but no one's talking about this at the, I guess, the depth that I'm trying to talk talk yeah. about it. Um, and we need more people to, to start talking about it at that level. And and um, it's great to see people like Rob Wolf waking up. Like, he's worn blue blocks for, you know, the last year and, and, and loves them. And, you know, the fact that we're going to be working with him later on in this year as well shows that he's starting to understand it a little bit more. Um, and the good thing about Rob is he is always happy to change his viewpoint based on evidence yeah. um you know he started off paleo he's now very much into keto kind of that, that type of thing so that's always the stance i want to take as well like rob's a, a really great inspiration to to, to me um and so are a lot of the other sort of people in in that um you know sort of community as well mike mutzel's another one that talks about circadian rhythm seam land that we spoke about earlier talks about the circadian rhythm side of things so people are starting to talk about it and the yeah. more that people talk about it from a factual standpoint the more we can weed out the shit that's out there in terms of people trying to make a quick buck not knowing anything about the glasses they're shipping in from china and selling them to poor people in the u.s and the more people like um you know mike myself and rob and can actually start talking more about this at a deep scientific level um and then you know we then create products that are made in optics lab in australia they're not made in a factory you know and they take into account all the frequencies of light that, that need to be blocked so um yeah more of it needs to happen and and um hopefully people will just even if someone takes one nugget of information from this conversation and, and applies it to their lives 
we've we've had a win. You know, people yeah. are starting to think about light more critically, um, and the evidence is out there. Um, you know, I, I cite all of my um, blog articles with with all the the science. So if people just want to read a basic blog, um, if they're at the start of their journey, totally fine. But if you know, like yourself, you probably like to take a bit more of a deeper dive into some of the studies. They're all linked within these blogs. So people can go in and read it themselves and and, and kind of understand it more at an academic level. So, yeah. you know, yeah, people, yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm, the, I'm the kind of guy, and this is just how I do things in my biohacking world. You know, I, I'm, I, I like to try some shit. I like to try it. You know, I don't have an aura ring uh, because... Um, I don't know what I do with that information. Um, I might I might make adjustments, but I'm also freaked out a little bit about the transmission from the ring to my phone at night, yeah. and I take my sleep really seriously. So <clears throat> I know that's not a particularly popular popular opinion for biohackers, but mm. you have to try this shit. You have to see how you do with it. You have to see how it affects you. And for me, um, these the glasses, the clear ones that I'm wearing now, um, I've been I've had for a couple of weeks. And like I said before, I, I don't really notice it while I'm working, but I sure as shit notice it when I'm not wearing them. And yeah. that is it. Like that for me, I can, I can tell. And so for some people, they want to know the science. They want to read the studies. They want to read the literature. Yeah. For some people, they want to track the metrics and test and they're going to buy a spectrometer and they're going to do that stuff. And I say, that's cool. For me, I like to, I like to, I'm very... Uh, I like to. I know how I feel. I know how I respond. I know when I'm operating at a high level, and I know when I'm not. Um, mm. And now, you know, I, I have, I do have, admittedly, an older pair from another company of uh, of nighttime blue blocking glasses. And now mm. it's time for me to. Uh, uh, I mean, now now I have doubts. So now <laughs> I need to pick up at least another pair of yours. Um, which brings us to the, the, the promotional offer. Uh, mm. we've, you've been nice enough to set us up with 15% off, um, yes. uh, with the code OPP at checkout. Yes. So for everybody listening, I mean, this, this is the type of equipment that affects everything. It, this mm -hmm. is the type of technology that, that really does affect all the different aspects of our life. So it's certainly worth checking out. Okay. Um, this has been a fascinating conversation, Andy. I really appreciate the time. Um, I've had a lot of fun. I've learned a ton too. Mm. Um, I like, as I alluded to earlier, I like to close out every show. Well, first of all, um, where can everybody, where can everybody find you and find information? Yeah, absolutely. So blueblocks.com is the best place to, to go to, um, and then contact us through the contact page. Cause we'll, we'll get that and be able to talk to you about your specific situation. Um, everyone's different. Light management is different for everyone, um, whether it's day shift, night shift, whether you're, you know, anxiety, depression, that kind of thing, sensitivity to light. So email us. So that's um, blublox.com. So that's blublox.com. Um, obviously, we've got the code as well, the OPP code for 15% off. Definitely take advantage of that because, you know, you're going to you you can have life changing uh, um, results from these glasses, and, and we we do hassle free returns as well. So if you don't want them for any reason, which I highly doubt, because no one really returns these glasses, they love them so much. Um, that's nice and easy as well, and it's quick shipping and it's free shipping um, all over the world as well. Um, so we get them there in about five to eight days, um, which is pretty good from um, the most remote city in the world, Perth, is which is where we're from. So um, you can also check us out on Instagram. So just Blue Blocks Official. Facebook as well, just Blue Blocks. You'll find us there. 
Um, I also run a biohacking group on Light. Um, it's about 6,000 members in there. So it's a good entry level if you have questions that you want our community to answer. Um, it's called Light and Health. Um, it's just a picture of a woman looking at the rising sun um, as the, the main picture. So you'll know which one it is. Um, it's a pretty active group as well. We've got some big minds in there um, that, that like to sort of weigh in and, and get involved in the discussions. So it's you're always going to get good information. So that's probably the best place to um, to find us. One thing I wanted to quickly briefly mention as well is that I've always been involved in, in charities um, throughout my life, and that's no exception with Blue Blocks. Um, so we actually partner with Restoring Vision in, in um, California, um, who are a not-for-profit that provide reading glasses to people in the developing world. So for every pair of Blue Blocks we sell, we actually donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision um, so they can put them on someone that needs them. Um, because you know our mission is to provide education for people to be able to then help themselves. But there are people in this world that can't help themselves. So, you know, if, if you want to help yourself, you'll also be helping, you know, um, someone that's working in the third world um, that, that can't see properly and needs magnification in their reading glasses. So um, I wanted to give Restoring Vision a shout out as well, because what they're doing is, is incredible. Awesome. That's that's very cool. Love the one to one. We'll make sure to link to them on the show notes, too. Cool. So to take this puppy home, um, mm. if you would please uh, fill in the blank. Uh, you can elaborate as much as you'd like, and um, this doesn't necessarily have to be around around light uh, specifically. But um, based on everything that you know, please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing that light is just as important as food and exercise when it comes to optimal health. Boom. Love it. Andy Mant, thank you so much for joining us today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. No worries. It's been an absolute pleasure, Sean. And um, yeah, keep, keep spreading the word and doing your good work, man.